de Global Latin Factor Podcast. Welcome, welcome back to the Global Latin Factor Podcast, the Global Latin Factor Podcast, where we talk about everything there is as far as Latino culture. We talking about people, we talking about food, music, and everything in between that you can think about Latinos and their contribution to the globe. That's exactly what we're about. And uh, catch some of the episodes that we have out available as soon as they are available. Before we get into our first Latino I wa so I, thanks to my my boy operator here, Leo. He told me about this one movie to check out, and you know I did. I went and looked at it, and um, after I fi I finished watching that movie, I really felt like I felt like it was like a moral decision that I needed to say something about the movie, or just in general as far as social media goes, because. At the end of the day, um, sometimes we might not even think about it or just, you know, just get on our phones without really putting it a second thought. So I felt like a moral obligation to really say something about the movie itself. So uh, is the uh, remind me again, Leo, the the social dilemma. Right. It's on Netflix. If you have Netflix, go check it out and uh, just Go through, like, whenever you're learning something new or, or, or getting suggests about something, if you feel like it's something curious, you, you're curious about it, you want to go ahead and uh, check it out, open it, uh, go into it with an open mind and, uh, you know, just explore every option that could be and make your own educated decision as far as what it is, you know. It's a, the movie's mix of a documentary and kind of enactment of a family interacting and how social media affects people, right? So I watched the movie and pretty much, again, watch it yourself. You might get a different message than I got. But pretty much what I got is that, uh, so these creators that so we're talking about, Google, Facebook, all the early people that created these platforms, the social media, which is, they, they created this with the best intentions, you know, the like button is supposed to be for something spread positivity and things like that, you know, to connect people. And it's still some way to, it still serves its purpose. But then after a while, I believe if it lost the way that it's supposed to, and it became more of a, a money thing. So what I got out of it mostly is that these individuals used many years ago, we're talking about 10 or more years ago, AI, artificial intelligence to help create algorithms for people and study what is it that we search. And then automatically they will learn and begin to create your own, your own kind of like a profile, I call it, as far as what you like, what you like to search, and where can they take you, you know? So it's not an accident that whenever you're searching something and wherever, all of a sudden you get a lot of the same content for the same reason, because this AI has been working for it. And the, the trippy thing about that is that they were saying that maybe there's like three to four or five people that might really know what this AI really, how it really works. But nobody else of the thousands of people they employ know exactly how this AI works, right? So they built all this content for you so you can keep you longer interactive. But that's fine and dandy. And it was all right and cute and everything when they were trying to sell you something. If, if 
they were swaying you to buy something, you know. I, I get it that that serves the purpose for the dollar. But the thing that trips me out the most is that some of this social media algorithms they create for you after a while, I don't want to call it weak-minded, right, because I don't really believe it is. But after certain times of being served the same message over and over, maybe phrased differently, and, and even like subliminal messaging and, and, and persuasive language. One of the guys called it the, the most persuasive tool there ever was created. Persuade, meaning persuade you to act, take action on doing certain things without you even wanting to. You just, you're strong-minded, yeah, but at the same time, you can't help the things that are feeding you in your subconscious that actually to react. And the trippy thing that, that I took it from is the fact that there's real-world events going on that Individuals are coming out with weapons trying to break into places because they were convinced that certain things were happening at, at an establishment, you know. Or, again, we don't really want to get too political, but at the same time, it's always, there's the whole talk for a while was how divisive the, the world or how divisive maybe even the United States is, right? But another thing they talked about is that if I'm searching something, whatever it might be, that maybe the same person searching the same thing might be getting different hits of different things because they already have the profile of the things that you liked, things that that that, that you might want to be more interested in. You know? when, when they convinced uh, Kyle Irvin, I believe, basketball player, that the world was flat, he went into a YouTube rabbit hole. And even though he's a basketball player, most of them have degrees, went to college, still smart. It didn't matter because, again, if they feed you consistently the same message and you go through that rabbit hole, they call it, of different things. And, again, your idea that was fun, like fundamental from years ago of the way that you were, you were educated, that all of a sudden that breaks and you begin to think of something different. Like the world might not be, might not be around. It might be flat. And that's the thing that it just it tripped me that out that the fact that it can do that. So my message in that is just you know just be aware. There's a reason why they serve these things for you. It's a lot. There's a responsibility that comes with you with the device and the technology that that is out and about. And uh, if you're not aware, then you might be the one that gets consumed. Like <laughs> if you're uh, so I'm driving down uh, one of the one of our highways here uh, actually. One of the highways, the speed limit is 75. It's a three-lane highway. And on the fast lane, we all know the fast lane, especially, especially here in Texas where I stay. You know, the, the fast lane is the fast lane for people that are going fast. And if you're on that highway going 60, 65, and when I pass you, I look over to my left, and you're on your phone. Then you got a problem. You know, you got a major problem of, of addiction of your phone, you know. And I know that I might be a little bit of a hypocrite. I'm putting content out for people to to see and hopefully get eyes on it. But at the same time, I want you to be educated in the fact that you do have the option not to be persuade, persuade, like literally persuade to do something outside of the world could probably harm yourself. That's definitely what we don't want to do. And if we're going to be talking about the Latin factor, have positive things came out, I feel like it's only right to give you a, a little bit of, of things. That, and this is not like, this is not, this is not a conspiracy theory. It, it's really not. This is just plain and simple information that of people that were interviewed that were there 
that saw this, and I'm taking and making my own interpretation of what I took from it, but there's a lot more. But at the end of the day, educate yourself. Be aware that some of the things that are being suggested to you, it just might be just because that's just how the artificial intelligence works in regards to you. And don't be swayed to, to because I know that nobody wants to question your will and how strong-minded you are. But after a while, if you, if you think about it, there's a reason why they're always buying commercials, playing commercials and things like that over and over the same ones because after a while, it does work. It does work. It does get you to take action and do stuff. And we want you to be educated. We want you to be empowered. We want you to know that you do have an option to stay locked in, look, or put the phone down and just take a break. You know, there's nothing wrong with detaching and having your mind set up. I know sometimes it's easier to escape into the phone because everything else is going on. But but if you uncomfortable with the world, your world right now, it's okay because that is part of of things that are going to help you grow, you know? Don't don't escape, don't don't consume any alcohol. Let it be what it is and you'll you'll come out stronger. All right? So, that's enough of my message for that. Again, check out the movie, get educated. If you catch yourself being on the phone too much or, you know, just literally starting to believe something wild, uh, hopefully this message or or something that I say can say like, "Well, let me just step back and let me just evaluate for a second." All right? All right. So, moving on to this segment this episode of the latin factor we're going to be talking about salsa is your mouth watery no are you trying to grab your chips munch on something no okay well that's great though because that's not the salsa we're talking about we're talking about salsa dancing yeah that's right so i myself took a class one time of uh, salsa and uh i'm not great at it yet I know how to do it. It served a purpose one time. For whatever reason, I just had, maybe that's the reason why I took the class, right? It's because at one time or another, it was going to lead me to me talking about salsa in the podcast. You can't, can't really look, look at it going forward. You might have to look back. But anyways, I, I did take a class uh, a couple of times. It was a free class. The instructor really got on me a lot of the times because I used to like hop a lot. And I guess because I'm Mexican, I got the cumbia step. And I don't need, I'm not even that good at cumbia. But anyway, she got me right. I got to learn a little bit of, of salsa. And you know what? It, it, it gave me a different perspective as far as dancing, as, as far as salsa dancing. Because it's not like any regular dancing. It takes a little bit of understanding. You have to be able to, as a man, lead the lady into, uh, I'm not trying to be sexist or anything. Just the way that the nature of the dance is, you know, just... Be able to lead the lady to what you wanted to do, and uh, it looks nice. It looks very nice. Dance. It's all you. You've seen it probably in different movies all over the place. It's all over. We talking about the global Latin factor as far as what does it touch? You know. So we do gotta give credit where credit is due. Because a lot of the roots as far as salsa do go back from Africa of certain instruments that were brought over to the Caribbeans, and from the Caribbeans, then it became what it is. But we talking about now influence where you can find salsa in Korea, in India, in London. Of course, you can't forget all the Americas, South America, uh, all Central America. You know, a lot of them are influ- They know about salsa. They know what salsa is. All right. So if you don't know salsa, salsa is a a way of dancing. It's a style of dancing, like no other. So if we was to ever, if we was to ever, if if you were to ever ask me. Hey, Crispin, so what do you think would be the, the theme song 
for for the the global Latin factor, I would have to tell you it would have to be salsa. No, a lot of reggaeton don't get me wrong; it's cool, it bumps, but it doesn't have all the mixes that salsa does. You know, all the ingredients, taking a little bit from Africa, taking some like some instruments and some influence from the Caribbean, from Cuba, from Puerto Rico, from the Dominican Republic, all the way to the states, and from the states. More influence of jazz and different things like that, and then you get your once it gets to the states, then it starts merging into different things as far as styles. You got your your LA style and, and different kind of things, you know. So if you was to ever ask me the genre, I would say salsa because it just brings all kinds of things together, and it created this beautiful sound that is the salsa. That we're talking about schools now. We're talking about you know dance dance uh, studios. We're talking about like worldwide competition of salsa that's how influential it is and we're talking about all the way in india and all the way in, in the korea in korea that you're talking about salsa that's like moving that's what we're talking about the global latin factor so salsa is a dance a musical style deep in the deep caribbean and african roots as i told you before and again it was mostly popular so again it started from africa other slaves that they moved over to the Caribbeans. In the Caribbean, they started implementing their own. They're bringing in all the instruments that they had, and they blend in everything that they have within the Cuban, within the Dominican, the Haitians, and then they started creating their own thing. And then from then, you know, during the Prohibition, there was a lot of American musicians, a lot of Americans that their fleet, not fleet, but traveled to, to Cuba, to, you know, get a little drink on, and then they learn about this dance. And then and we're talking about years after year after year after year. So after years of going back and forth and finally making it to the States, once it gets to the States, then, you know, then from the States, then it makes it to Europe and all different places. It's crazy how just it, it took years. It took years to develop the modern, not, not, not to mention it wasn't even salsa. That was mambo. They call it mambo. They call it different things before they actually created with that. Was it a marketing thing to make it? It makes sense to name it salsa because of all the things they incorporate to the sound. You know, it really does make sense. Whether it was a marketing tool, whatever the case might be, it was. I think it's a it's a real real good describing name as far as the sound of if you want to describe to somebody what is salsa. It's like man, there's all kinds of different sound that you put in a kind of like in a bowl and mix it up and then you get this beautiful sound beautiful you know way of dancing if you ever seen salsa if you never watched salsa if you never seen i mean i, li- I like i like bachata don't get me wrong i think it's a little more sexy but salsa is more classy it's more like it looks really good as far as the way that it's, it's done and if you've never done it and never seen it before, I suggest you just check out a couple of YouTube videos and see what it's about. And maybe it sparks your interest to become, you know, maybe taking a class. Google it. Google. Google something. And then, you know, you'll be able to maybe be there. So with combining different sounds, again, danzón, they call it a rumba. And then a lot of the sounds that came from the slaves. And we're talking about even Spanish flamenco. Different styles of dancing. Different vibes, different things like this, flamenco, you're talking about rumba, everything and every kind of little thing contributed to what eventually became salsa. So, again, 
it just the name itself it just really goes with whatever it is because you just take different elements from different places and create something like this and it was uh even the, the uh in the uh the american soldiers were first uh, became aware of the salsa during the cuban war in 1898 after that cubans were regularly visited by countless famous american jazz players that incorporated the latin sounds into their performance so so a lot of these soldiers go out there, see salsa, and tell people about it. Around musicians, jazz musicians go out there and get a little bit of what it is, and then they take it back to where they're from. And then they became. And then, of course, once it make, makes it to New York, then in New York, you get salsa as far like, you start seeing all the jazz and all these people there, the bands are playing, all of a sudden they just started being influenced by, by jazz. And before you know it, again, it just becomes this this awesome thing that it is. There's a lot of different types of, of salsa. You got your Los Angeles or L.A. style, your New York style, your casino style, Miami style, Colombia, Cali style, Rueda de Casino, and Ballroom Salsa. So all of them have their own little way of doing things. But again, sticking to what it is as far as salsa and, and salsa dancing itself. And if you never... If again, I guarantee, if you do ever take a class, give it a. It, it was really frustrating when I took one class, but after a while, I stuck with it. I just, you know, kept showing up, kept stepping on a few toes, <laughs> and uh, luckily the ladies were nice enough to like let me be. And then eventually, you know, I got it right. I got it right a little bit that I can, you know, hold my own. And in New York, you know, if you're in the Spanish Harlem, you already know that there's a lot of Hispanos, a lot of Latinos that are going to be influenced and influencing the sound that it is. And then, of course, spread out all over the place. So we're talking about some of the, the and I'm pretty sure you heard of some of these famous, famous, very famous, one of some of the pioneers, some of the of the uh, artists such as Tito Puente. They call it the King of Mambo. Again, Mambo, Salsa. And then Celia Cruz, also known as the Queen of Salsa. All these individuals, you know, made a, a, a big impact and, and kept pushing, kept pushing salsa to the next, kept pushing salsa into B and and just push it everywhere to where now again different countries know how to dance salsa, different studios, different competitions for salsa. And it's just a beautiful thing that again brought from Africa with their instruments, influenced by the people in the Caribbeans, Cubans, uh, Puerto Ricans, and then moved on to Europe and then to, to the United States. And then years later, after many contributions to everything, all of a sudden you get this beautiful sound that it is salsa, that it is one of the factors because if you ever go to a salsa place, everybody just enjoying themselves, having a good time, dancing, Nobody's worrying about nothing else, but just live and have a good time and just dance. And, of course, you have your different type of salsa. You have your hard salsa. You have your most little romantic salsa. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's just salsa. And uh, i leave you with that as far as the uh, salsa, what it is. Not the, not the chips, not the salsa. I love that, too, by the way. We'll maybe do one of those episodes as far as that salsa, how it came to be. But for right now, we're talking about the actual Dance. So the final thought on that one is that it takes years sometimes 
to do things. It takes years and, and different collaboration, the different mixes of different things to, to come. A lot of the times we take it for granted that we just feel like things are happening right now and that's always it is, but we never realize that things happened years ago before our time. Not to reflect and ponder on, on the past, but know that if you set a goal, sometimes it might not happen immediately, but just give it some time and keep at it because eventually if you keep contributing to the things that you want to do, then eventually you're going to see something like salsa that is spread all over the world. This is the Global Latin Factor. I'm your host, Crispin Valentin. We'll see you next time with the next episode of the Global Latin Factor. Yeah.